Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christ Church of Orinoco. Our hope is that it would help you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching. Well, hey, my name is Drake, if we have not met before. And I have two siblings. My youngest sister, her name is Jenna, and she is 16 years old. She's a junior in high school. And I also have a brother. His name is Chase. Now, Chase and I are very close in age. I'm 24. He's 23. And so when we were growing up, we were constantly messing with each other, constantly pranking the other person. My brother and I would get in prank wars all the time. I would throw a stink bomb in his room. He would lock me in the trunk of a car. I would depance him at grandma's house. He'd run over me with his bike. He was a lot more cruel than I was. We exhibited the epitome of brotherly love. We loved to prank one another. We especially loved to prank one another when we were in the shower. Now hold on. Don't judge me yet. I'll tell you the story of what I'm talking about. So you're probably like me. I'm probably like you. When I go to the shower, I like to listen to some music and I like to sing along. Anybody like to sing in the shower? Okay. Everybody, faux show. Sing in the shower. So I take my phone with me when I'm in high school, and I'm, I'm listening to music as I'm singing in the shower. I hit play on my favorite playlist, and a really good song starts to play. It's called Don't Stop Believing by Journey. And so I start my performance. Just a small town girl living in a lonely world. Now, I'm not good. I'll admit that. But from the shower, my brother begins to hear me as he's in his bedroom, and he's like, is Drake in the shower? Just a midnight train going anywhere. Chase begins, thank you. Chase begins to start walking down the hallway to the bathroom. Just a city boy, born and raised in South Detroit. Chase begins to start picking the lock on the bathroom door. Takes a midnight train going anywhere. Ah! He pulled back the shower curtain. There he was with his airsoft gun, and he began to shoot me with his airsoft gun. I was scared, and I was scarred. It was terrible. But I decided I'm not going to let my little brother have the upper hand. I'm going to be the king of the prank wars. And so, just a few weeks later, I'm sitting in my bedroom. My brother's taking a shower, and I hear another famous song. It's a little less poetic, but it's still a classic. My brother hits play, and he begins his performance. Who let the dogs out? Who, 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 who? I'm like, uh oh, Chase singing in the shower. Who let the dogs out? Who, 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 who? I'm out of breath. I start making my way down to the bathroom. Who let the dogs out? Who, 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 who? Why aren't you guys helping me in this song? I could have used you. Could have used you. I start picking the lock on the bathroom door. Who let the dogs out? Who, who, who? Yes. Ah! There I was, ripping back the shower curtain. I had my paintball gun pointed at my brother, and I shot him four times in the chest, one time in the shin, and once right here on the face. I got in so much trouble, but I won the prank war. Now, why why am I telling you this story? I'm telling you this story because we can all probably agree that we just love to break out when a good song comes over the radio. You have not lived until you've transformed yourself into Taylor Swift or Ed Sheeran as you're driving along the road or sudden up with soap. I don't care if you sound like a garbage disposal when you sing. Everybody has at some point in their life with a little bit of passion and a tiny bit of insanity busted out 
and song. Now, my question to us as a community of Jesus followers is why don't we sing with that kind of passion when we're at church? Why are we so loud in the shower but silent in the service? Why are we dynamic in the car but dull in the church? We belong to a singing faith. Those of us who are Jesus followers, our faith has been a singing faith. For hundreds of generations, Christians, God's people, have sang to worship. It's a central ingredient in the worship of God's people. So I'm going to challenge you tonight before I preach this sermon. And my challenge to our community of Christ Church students is this. Don't let our song go silent. Would you guys bow your heads and pray with me tonight? God, excited to be here. So excited to be here to get to open up your word with my friends. Excited to see what it says and how we get to be transformed through your word. God, we're talking about worship tonight. We're really talking about singing as worship. And so, God, I ask that you would warm up our vocal cords for after this sermon when we get the opportunity to worship you through singing. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, it says this, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. As I mentioned earlier, those of us who are Christians, we belong to a singing faith. The central ingredient of worship for God's people has always been singing. The first worship song ever recorded in Scripture is from Moses. It's in Exodus chapter 15. I'll give you the context of the song. Moses and the Israelites, as you remember, just escaped from slavery. Uh, They've been in slavery for 400 years by the Egyptians. And the Egyptians said, go, get out of here. But then they changed their mind at the last second and they began to chase the Israelites through the wilderness. Moses and all the Israelites came to this sea and they were stuck. They had nowhere to go. There was a giant sea before them and the Egyptian army behind them. So God, they prayed, and God split the Red Sea right down the middle. The Israelites were able to walk through on dry ground as God made the walls of the Red Sea stand. When the Israelites were on the other side, the Egyptians decided to try to pass through on that same dry ground, but God swallowed them up with the sea. How did God's people respond? They began to sing. And I'm going to read some of the lyrics from their song. This is what Moses and God's people sang. I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. Both horse and driver he has hurled into the sea. The Lord is my defense and my strength. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. In the greatness of your majesty, you threw down those who opposed you. You unleashed your burning anger. It consumed them like stubble. By the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The surging waters stood up like a wall. The deep waters congealed in the heart of the sea. You stretch out your right hand. And the earth swallows your enemies. In your unfailing love, you will lead the people you have redeemed. In your strength, you will guide them to your holy dwelling. The Lord reigns forever and ever. Sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted, both horse and driver. He has hurled into the sea. What we learn from Moses and God's people is this, that worship is a response to who God is and what God has done. He split the Red Sea, 
It's a response to who God is and what God has done. That's the first worship song ever recorded in Scripture. Now I want to take you to one of the last worship songs in Scripture. In the context of this worship song in Revelation chapter 5 is it's John's vision of heaven, where we will be one day. And it starts with elders in heaven, and they begin to worship the Lamb that was slain, Jesus Christ himself. Their song begins like this. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on earth. And then there's angels who begin to hear the song that the elders are singing. And literally hundreds of thousands of angels join into this worship song. And they begin to sing, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. And then people join every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea. Join in on this song that people are singing to God, to Him who sits on the throne. And to the Lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. Worship is a response to who God is and what God has done. And what we learn from that song in Revelation 5 is that worship is also an act of remembrance of who God is and what God has done. It's not every day that God splits the Red Sea right down the middle. But let us not forget that our God did that. It's not every day that the Son of God rises from the dead. But let us not forget that our King Jesus did that. I want to take us back to Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. I'll read it again. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. It seems to me that Paul is saying that we need to sing about the message of Christ, that we need to teach one another the message of Christ through singing. Now, what's the message of Christ? What's this message that we're supposed to remember? I want to take you to another 316 in Scripture. It's the most famous 316, John 316. And I don't want to brag, but I do have this one memorized. So I'm not even going to read it from my Bible. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Why do we sing? Did I get it wrong? Man, I got it wrong. I bragged about it, then I got it wrong, and that's embarrassing. Uh, Don't tell my mom. She taught me that verse. Why do we sing? Man, we sing. Because while we were still sinners, dead in our sin, Christ died for us. And now we get to live with him. Why do we sing? Because we had a king up in heaven who left that throne to occupy a tomb here on earth. But he did not stay in that tomb. No, he defeated death, sin, and grave. And he went back to his throne, his right place at the right hand of God. And it is now reigning there forever and ever. Why do we sing? Because our God is good. And he has done great things. Now, I know that it is awkward sometimes to sing. It's really awkward to sing sometimes in front of your friends. But I'm here to tell you tonight that we're here to worship. And through worship, we're here to sing. This summer, I got to go to Colorado. 
And I got to preach and teach at this thing that Shelby and Rachel were at. And it was really fun. But there's a little girl who goes to our church named Grace Dalrymple. And her dad was there also preaching and teaching. And Grace and I were standing in this valley together. And the worship, uh, worship leader, his name's Josh, he's one of my buddies, did this really cool thing where he's singing into the mic so I can't hear my own voice singing. But then he steps back and I'm supposed to continue to sing. And so now I'm standing there with this seventh grade girl and we're just singing together. Nobody else is really around and it's just kind of awkward. But I begin to sing, and then Grace begins to sing. And then I start singing a little louder because Grace, and then Grace starts singing a little louder too. And sure enough, we just don't care anymore what the other person thinks because we're teaching one another about the message of Jesus, his overwhelming, reckless love that he has for us. So it may be awkward, but we belong to a singing faith. For hundreds of generations, God's people have sung to remind each other, I need you and you need me to sing to remind me that Jesus is no longer dead, but he is alive and he is reigning. And I need you to remind me through your singing that this pain and suffering that I experience in this earthly life is only temporary because I have a king who's coming back to get me to set everything right again. I need you to teach me through your singing And I know you might not be the one to get up here and lead with a guitar or on the keys, and you don't have to. Where you're sitting and standing, that's a good place to start singing. Some people have been gifted by God to be up on a stage to lead worship. I haven't. You're never going to see me with a guitar. In fact, I tried to take lessons. I broke my guitar. They told me it was God. He said, don't do this. You're, You're embarrassing me. It's a bad song. You're so bad. So I said, I'm sorry, God. But my place is amongst people who are singing. So my challenge, I gave it to you earlier. Since we belong to a singing faith, don't let it be so with us that the song goes silent. There's been a song that has been sung for generations. The lyrics have been a little bit different, but the message has always been the same, that our God created the world. He created it perfectly. Then we entered into it and we messed it up. But our God had such a love for us that he re-entered the world as a man. He came through the Virgin Mary. He walked on this earth healing, teaching people. And then he occupied a cross. Then he occupied a tomb. And now he's occupying a throne up in heaven. And soon he's going to come back and he's going to occupy everything as the king of heaven and of earth. Why do we sing? Because it's a response to who God is and what God has done. It's an act of remembrance of who God is and what God has done. Do not, do not let our song go silent. Because we are here to worship. God, I'm grateful to be here, to have the opportunity to sing. God, as I reflect on my growing up, I'm grateful for the heritage that I come from, my spiritual heritage, to have a song sung when you led your people through the Red Sea. God, as King David sung, to confess his sin, to praise you in your glory. God, I'm grateful for his example. God, I'm grateful for the church who's been singing for thousands of years of how good you are and the great acts that you've done. God, I'm grateful for my grandparents who found Jesus and began to sing, who taught my mom and my dad how to sing. God, I'm grateful for the moments where my parents taught me 
Jesus loves me, this I know. The Bible tells me so. And my youth ministers who taught me the words to amazing grace. God, I'm grateful for this moment that we have right now to practice what we're going to be doing for eternity, to sing. God, as we get to remember the story of Jesus and the hope that we have in him, I'm just grateful, God, to be able to use my voice, the voice that you've given me, to sing, to praise, and to honor you. God, everything that your word says is true, and I trust it. I'm going to sing it, God, because I belong to a singing faith. And I'm not going to let the song go silent. So, God, I came here tonight, and I'll come here every single week to worship, to worship Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for checking out this podcast. We hope this teaching helped you to discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. For more resources or to learn about Christ Church in general, visit us online at cco.church.